Welcome to Listener. I'm your host, Sam Holland. Today, we're welcoming back Janet Diaz, Crew High School team leader in Houston. This is our fourth episode celebrating Hispanic Heritage Month. I hope you've enjoyed hearing the perspective of four Latino staff as much as I have. We celebrate Hispanic Heritage Month and other things like it because of our commitment to diversity, which is one of Crew's four main priorities, diversity, evangelism, partnership, and the world. Enjoy the show. Janet, thanks again for your time being with us today. And thank you for coming up to me in the stadium at Crew 19 when I was just being a wallflower on the sidelines. I'm a total introvert. And so sometimes when there's a lot of people, I just shrink to the side. And and I was so happy when you came up and were like, hi, because (laughs) I'd never been able to meet you in person. So thank you for coming over and saying hi to me and sitting there and just talking with me for a little bit. That was really fun. Yeah, it was perfect because I'm an introvert as well. And I was like, oh, look, I know her. And let's just go be introverts together. (laughs) Yes, well done. Oh, um, I, it was so fun just hearing about, well, because I had seen your daughter on screen. You know how we were hashtagging campus days or something like that. And your daughter was up on the screen with her pen pal who was Renee Begay's daughter, right? Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. Will you share that story that you told me about that? So, um, so, so, uh, a few years ago, I want to say two years ago, maybe, um, her teacher, my daughter's teacher talked about, um, Thanksgiving and just what Thanksgiving was about. And, um, she told him, but go home and ask your parents the real story. And I was like, Oh, <laughs> good <laughs> yet scary, you know? So, um, she, we talked a little bit about that and, and, and how much she could understand. And after that conversation, she was just, you know, I guess it just kept resonating in her heart and she just thought, where she asked me if Native American people still existed. And um, she had the assumption that they maybe were be, there would be a museum where people that are Native Americans would be and that they were just completely non-existent. And I was like, no, they there is Native American people that are alive. And, um, and we talked about that. And so I met Renee at a meeting that we had. I think it was the first all leaders gathering. And so, so yeah, about two years ago. And I, you know, was just telling her, what, what, what should I say? What would be the best, you know, um, conversation that I should have with her? And so she's like, oh, why don't we, our, our daughters just become pen pals? And I was like, oh, that's a great idea. Just become friends. They don't necessarily talk about, you know, um, they just, you know, probably their, their letters are very similar all the time. How are you? What, you know, what do you do? <laughs> very, very sweet girls. And so it was fun. Yes. She, my daughter was super excited to finally meet her in person. So it was really exciting to, to get to. And they just started talking like they had known each other for a while. So it was fun for them to play Aww. for a few hours together. So, yeah. That so that was fun. really fun. And um, I really appreciate Renee just even encouraging us to do that. That's a great idea. I had pen pals when I was a kid. I don't even remember how I got them or there was a place where you signed up for pen pals, but I love that. It's old school. Um, I, okay. The other thing that I remember that stood out to me that you and I were talking about is we were talking about road tripping out to crew 19 or like, Mm -hmm. how did you get there? Did you drive? Did you fly? And 
Um, we both drove our families mm-hmm. out to Crew 19, which can take several days depending yeah. on where you live in the country. Yeah. And there was something that you said that I think just really stood out to me because it, um, it just gave me a glimpse into your reality. Mm-hmm. And what you told me, and correct me if I get this wrong, was that you... Um, in order to get from Houston to Fort Collins, you have to drive through some small little communities Mm -hmm. that you're aware are kind of these homogenous little white communities. Mm -hmm. And that as a person of color with a family who are people of color, you're very much aware, like we are driving through this sort of rural white area. And Mm -hmm. that having that, taking that awareness everywhere with you when, when you're going out to Crew 19. And I just thought, wow, I've, I have had the privilege of never having to think about that before. Mm-hmm. And so I've thought about it many times since. And I was so glad you shared that with me. Can you talk, can you talk about that more? Yeah. Well, when I w- was starting the conversation with you was first to thank you that, you know, we had done this podcast before about my story. And to my surprise, several people that I, some that I knew and some that I didn't know were like, Hey, thanks for your story. And I was like, Oh, Hey, yeah, I forgot I did that. And that's awesome. People are listening to it. And, you know, and that it's being, um, that it's bringing awareness to people just about, um, not just a person, uh, on staff as, but just, you know, the whole story, um, talking about immigration in general. And so, and then specifically my story. So, so, you know, we were talking about that, but yeah, the, we've drove to Colorado several times with our student ministry and as a family, my husband and I, we've drove through. And so we've become more aware. Um, living in Houston is like, you know, the most diverse city in, in America. And so you see all types of people from all backgrounds and ethnicities. And so we're used to walking into a place and there's someone that looks like us or someone that looks like another person of color. And so we're very comfortable with that. But as we started to drive out to Colorado, we started to go through Texas and through different parts of Texas and then into other areas. And you immediately begin to realize, oh, I'm definitely out of my comfort or out of my space or even out of um, a place that everyone has a similar or that there's more people of color. And um, so that it's it's been several years years but even then you we it's not like there's a map that tells you for us you know like don't stop here and it's not because we don't want to stop it's just that because they're very evident that when you walk into a space that majority white that everyone looks at you you know and and that you stand out and so um so we wa- when we went to Colorado, we were gonna we stopped by in in a town to go see you know do some touristy stuff before we got to Fort Collins, and so we passed by a Walmart, which I just thought, hey, a regular Walmart, you're just going in, and Walmart's in our town is very diverse, the one right by my house, and so we walked in and just to go use the restroom, I really want to wait a. We really didn't want to do anything else afterwards, and then we just walked out. And my husband and I looked at each other and were like, "That was an interesting, you know, because everyone was white from the people at the register to everyone walking in, and even the people cleaning." And so um, it was just a reminder again of just being very aware of our surroundings. And sometimes we don't want to feel that way. Um, because, you know, we don't want to seem like like we're um, intentionally looking for places that we, we 
stand out, but it, you know, it was just a regular pit stop, right? And so it just reminds us again of just being very careful. I think it really started even more aware for me probably three years ago um, in light of the, our nation and in light of the, the words that several people, you know, were saying, especially when um, our current president said some of the things that he said about, particularly he used the word Mexicans, but he was referring to all really Hispanics and Latinos. And so that became even more um, reason. We had always been aware, but it just became even more reason to be careful of where we were and where we were stepping into. And and that kind of, it's, it's, a, it's not a great feeling. Janet, so then what's it like to actually get to crew 19 and just enter that space and even yeah. walking into Moby and being on campus. What's that experience like for you and your family? So for my family it was the first time they all came, but I've been several times before and even, um, gosh, it's been several years that I've gone to several, uh, conferences, but even if I step back into when I was in college and the first time I went to, um, to Moby, it was extremely overwhelming, not only because I'm an introvert and there's like, you know, so many people, but because so many people didn't look like me. And that really started when, um, when I first, uh, went to staff training and there was like three people of color, you know, and it was very obvious, you know, that, you know, we stood out and very lonely and very, um, a lot of like doubts of like, why did the Lord call me to a ministry that a lot of people didn't look like me? There was so many questions of why God had called me not, you know, just financially, like what is support and what does that mean? And what am I gotten myself into to, you know, um, not, you know, just a whole month and a week of being really feeling very alone and not having anything in common. So that was like my first experience. And then going to other conferences where the majority of people are white and then Moby is massive. And um, and so it was very, very lonely. A lot of the times just very lonely because not feeling like um, honestly, this is the first year going to crew 19 that um, there was that I felt that I like belonged and, um, and I've been on staff for a really long time and maybe belonged because there was a community of people of color that, you know, we'd gathered and were talking and, and, and really just making sure that everyone was okay. And I don't know if, because when I first came on, we didn't have these apps available and we just didn't think of that. But even back then, um, I felt that there was segregation even among groups. And so being in the high school ministry you know, there is a diverse of people, but um, I always just naturally merge into whatever person of color there is because that's where I feel secure. Um, but in the last couple of years, mostly because you are not sure who um, who really believes the way that politically <laughs> is expressed about who I am as a person, you know, when, mm. if we talk about my story of being an immigrant, if we talk about just as a Hispanic Latina woman, um, you know, and then adding all those layers just really is really, um, scary to know if the person that is close to me, whether they're on staff and I, you know, but if they're white, especially if they believe what, like our president or some politicians believe mm -hmm. about what um, who I am 
and where I come from. Mm -hmm. So, or the color of my skin. So that, you know, makes it even more like, like aware, like your senses are just heightened and you're just being really careful about where you're at. Janet, I just want to ask you, maybe what, what, what encouraged you the most or what was the highlight for you of Crew 19? Oh, gosh. I feel like Crew 19 was another historical year. I think um, for people of color, at least, I feel like, or just even just in crew in general, um, there was a lot of great things that stuck out to me. Um, I appreciated the speakers. It was, it, I feel like maybe it was heavy. You know, for some people, it might have been like heavy and um, feeling very um, uh, maybe overwhelmed for some people. But I know for me, it was like there was just such great conversation that was being had from up front that, you know, it hasn't it wasn't like a one time speaker. They said it and it was over. It was like again and again, the speakers brought up things that are not only things that we need to change in necessarily crew, but just as a church, you know, as the body of Christ. And I think some of the things that were really important was just not being silent to um, what is happening in in our world because we think that someone's going to be offended, but to really talk about it like from a biblical view. And it's really just a biblical view of what God is saying and how we're treating people in general. Mm-hmm.